This is a short bite episode of Homeschool Together. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together Short Bite Edition. Thanks so much for joining with us today. Um, today we got Ryan from the Dad Suggest blog and he is going to talk to us. Chess expert. Well, yeah, master master chess expert. Um, I heard he beat Magnuson <laughs> at <laughs> least four different ways. That that's that's the rumor out there. So so Ryan, tell us. Well, thank you so much for being with us, but tell us why chess matters. Chess is a beautiful game. And I love sharing it with kids because like, like we, like we've actually talked about before, I think that if you can read and you have a good relationship with learning, then anything is possible. And chess is the most incredible tool for building that positive relationship with learning. And let me, let me tell you why is if you have a kid let's say they're, they're struggling in traditional school and maybe they don't feel confident. Chess is something that they can learn a little bit, put it into practice in their next game, and maybe what they learned, they can use it to beat a friend. And so they learned something and then they, they, they saw a chance to use it in the game and they used it and it helped them win the game. Now, all of a sudden they have this positive relationship with the learning process. And then they go back and they say, wow, winning's fun. I'm going to go back and study more. And then they get better and then they win more. And there's this, this success loop that is the, the process of education and, and putting work into it. And that is absolutely transferable to, to anything also. So, so that's one of the main reasons I, I love sharing chess with kids. And it's all, it really is just one of the reasons. As a chess teacher uh, for children, you know, what is the best way, you know, somebody's listening right now and they want to get their kid into chess. What, what things can they do? You know, is there tools they can use? Is there like chess for kids? Yeah. We've heard of story time chess and no stress chess. Is there, is there a way you recommend to, to get into it for, you know, younger elementary kids? Yes, definitely. Those two that you mentioned, Storytime Chess and No Stress Chess, they're both on our shelf. And I like both of them a lot. Storytime Chess uses actual stories. It comes with a storybook and each each piece is turned into a character. And the stories in the book explain why the pieces move the way they move. So it's a fun way. It's a fun way to teach young kids the basics of how to play. And something like no stress chess is a really fun tool also because it takes the decision-making out of which piece should I move and say you draw a card and and let's say you have a choice um, narrowed down to maybe just two pieces, depending on the way you're playing, you might have two choices. Like I have to move my rook or a pawn, or you could play a way where you have to, you have to actually move just the one piece. If you draw a rook, you got to move your rook. So it takes, it, it narrows down the, the scope of the game to do you know how the pieces move and takes away some of the decision-making and also closes the gap between the two players. Say if an adult is playing a kid and they have a vast, vastly different experience, it, it closes the um, ability 
gap also and uh, evens things out a little bit. And another thing that I would definitely mention while we're on this um, ways to learn is definitely a website called chesskid.com. It's absolutely incredible what they've done with videos and structuring it in a way that kids just absolutely love. How do you balance chess theory with the fun of playing chess? And specifically, you know, there's a lot of structure and different types of moves, whether they're like defensive and aggressive, you know, or offensive. Um, There's famous games of chess where, you know, people have certain types of, of patterns that they like to follow. How, how do you balance the, the rigorous, you know, memorization that it takes to get to the upper levels of chess versus the enjoyment of playing chess? That's, that's definitely an interesting conversation with mostly the, the good news is, is that it's mostly an interesting conversation with the best players in the world, which I will never be a part of. Right. <laughs> so it's, so the very best players in the world, like, like Bobby Fisher was famous for inventing chess 960 because he was tired of the, 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 the predictability and then the memorization. And he, he wanted a more pure game where it was more randomized and yep. it didn't just boil down to who could memorize everything. Luckily, at for the for the most casual even above average chess players you can memorize your openings but you'll very quickly you'll you're not going to get a 40 move forced draw like the grandmasters are you're still (laughs) and and even the even the even like i said even grandmasters uh, there's 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 still a big difference between the best in the world and the best computer in the world so it's there's still it's the type of game where there's so much to learn and the average human and even the above average human can learn more throughout their entire life. So it is it is interesting it is true that that there's a great deal of memorization but when you first start uh, let's say we're talking about kids it's all about the pure love of the game and trying to figure things out and that never truly goes away but you will start to learn certain openings that you that you enjoy and you'll repeat them. And memory is quite helpful in that, but so is creativity. And it's not uncommon also to say, for example, play out of, try to get out a book early in the game and and play a little creatively earlier to get your opponent out of book and then kid and then then you can get the kind of exciting game that kids love so personally i I don't think it's it takes any love of the game away for me um i I had a quick question regarding one of the things that i was fascinated about is that in the world of extracurricular activities um, Mm -hmm. most parents would be shocked at what can get you a scholarship to college for example i believe at kansas state you can get a scholarship for fishing because they have a fishing team. And I know some schools have surfing scholarships. And I know chess, you can get a scholarship to play on the chess team. Um, I think a lot of parents can maybe discourage certain activities because maybe they don't see the value in that in more of an abstract, you know, I don't think Johnny needs to be spending nine hours a day fishing, but he could go to Kansas State to get a full rides fishing scholarship. 
what are the various things that people can, you know, kids can do with chess as they move up through their education um, with respect to say, maybe analogous to like basketball where they're playing on AAU basketball teams and they're playing in, you know, middle school and then high school, and then maybe they can get into college and play sports at a college level. What is the track for chess? Is there a similar track? Is it just go to tournaments? You know, what does that look like? So most, most of it is going to tournaments, like you mentioned, going, um, and depending on the state, the, the tournament system is, is, is better organized in some states. But let's say, for example, they, it, it's rare that it's the same type of organization as something like football or basketball. Mm-hmm. It's, it's generally rare. Uh, some the bigger states definitely very well organized, but generally speaking, it's 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 more rare for it to be some sort of a system where there's like sectionals, um, okay. district, conference, and state, um, that kind of thing. Um, in in the bigger states, yes, definitely, but um, but generally speaking, not the same kind of organization as sports. Mostly, it's mostly it's with um, the same tournaments that adults are playing in. So um, they would play um, just just open tournaments, and generally speaking, gr- growth is generally speaking when you're you're working on growing your rating, mm-hmm. or if, and and if if you're and that would be j- what would attract scholarships. Basically, is okay. just grow. You show your growth in the chess world by this 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 rating system that that is easy to compare to others and the thing about those um it's definitely true that you can get chess scholarships and if you do really well for example if you win your state championship if you're the best chess player in your state there's lots of opportunities to go to special invitational tournaments like national championships that um are by invitation only and those are definitely the types of places where you're going to start seeing the, the, the players that are maybe going on to play chess in college also and, okay. and maybe even going on to play it professionally. So before we, before we try to turn pro, <laughs> taking it back to, back to our kids and, and homeschooling, what, what kind of skills do you see that chess can impart on on our family, you know, what, um, what additional things do we get out of, of learning to play chess that our kids can leverage in, in other subjects and other areas? Yeah. I like that's, that's something I, I really, this is something I really enjoy talking about I mean, before I do, let me, let me point out, don't get into chess to go pro. <laughs> this is, <laughs> that, is, that is don't, don't get into chess to, to make a living out of it. That is, that is not a good plan. <laughs> even it's one of those unfortunate truths that it's definitely unless you hit it big with becoming a famous chess streamer on twitch there's not much there's not many big bucks in the chess world that is that is not the probably the right uh path if that's your goal (laughs) to make it to make a lot of money but um chess is still uh like you said very useful um and for kids and it still is useful 
even if your goal is successful academia, even if your goal is to, to get a college scholarship, it's still useful for that because it's, it has such a profound effect on kids and it has so much potential just to, for example, develop the types of skills that could be useful at any time in life. So the, the one example I like to talk about a lot is the frontal, the, the frontal lobe of your brain uh, in charge of executive functions. And when we're talking about kids, maybe the most important part is decision-making ability and impulse control. And something like chess, where you are rewarded by being less impulsive and by thinking about your decisions and the possible consequences of your decisions, it's a remarkably useful skill for kids who are go typically going through this, this phase in their life where they're, generally speaking, if you've ever met kids, have trouble with their impulses. <laughs> <laughs> So, and it's another thing that uh, if you go on down the list of what um, the types of things that, that chess can help with, um, decision-making ability, practicing logic is a great word, um, your analysis, uh, memorization, not maybe not the most um, important thing in the world, but certainly it certainly exercises it. Um, that one another thing that's a little more social than academic is that I love about chess is getting used to the idea of losing and how powerful of a lesson that can be for kids. Uh, not just not just getting used to losing uh, and um, becoming um, a better sport or not try not to be a sore loser, but also learning how to see losing as a learning opportunity. There's a lot of character growth in that to, to be able to lose a game and not just throw a tantrum, but to say, but to actually, which is hard to do even for adults to go back and say, okay, let me study this game that I lost and I feel really sad about. I'm gonna figure out what I did wrong and I'm gonna try to improve on that. And that's those, those types of, life skills are, are really incredibly powerful and, and fun to share with kids. The thing that I always, I always enjoy about chess, it reminds me a lot. I played a lot of golf in high school and with golf, you're playing against, you know, an opponent very often. Um, but also you're playing against the course you're playing as a team and a team structure, and you're trying to trying to get better along the way. And it doesn't necessarily mean anything that you lost. It's just, have you improved along the way and have you learned and what can you do to be better, you know, the next time you go out. And I see a lot of parallels there. Is there a style of chess that you would recommend for younger kids? You know, is it just regular chess, timed, bullet, you know, rapid chess, blitz? I mean, there's a lot of different styles of chess. Mm -hmm. Is it one that you like to, to suggest just like, start off basic or you know are there other things that you like generally it depends on what your goals are and i think generally speaking the consensus is if your goal is if your goal is growth in the game if your goal is to improve avoiding bullet it's there's 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 a little debate out there but it's generally seems to be a strong consensus to 
gravitate towards longer games if your goal is 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 improvement unless of course your goal is improvement in bullet right <laughs> unless you yeah, want to yeah. unless you just want to be the best bullet player on chess.com right then that's a for those of goal. us that don't know what bullet is <laughs> oh one one uh, say one minute on the clock for each person uh just oh boy. insanely Total. quick moves oh that's where they slap the clock right the but and it's mostly popular online too with no no slapping required <laughs> right but yeah you can play it you can play it over the board too and then it's very wild but very well. probably not 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 best for growth for kids as a coach as a coach, I would definitely recommend slower time controls. Okay. And, and and that's partly because at the big competitions, each player might have two hours on their clock. So that's what you would want to train for. And of course, then you get better. If kids gravitate towards bullet though, and that has that has to do with that frontal lobe too. There's an and that <laughs> instant that instant gratification. So you're not gonna get all those benefits of considering the consequences of your actions very much in bullet <laughs> so so you you have a kid in your class his name is Matthew, <laughs> and he's been playing his dad for three maybe 30 years <laughs> um, and has never beat his father um how would you help Matthew to finally <laughs> defeat his the evil sauron chess player that i could never do <clears throat> that he well, could okay. never defeat so if it's it's a if it's a very specific matchup between Matthew and his dad, then the first thing I would ask is is do the games that you play always have the same opening? And that's the first place I would start. If if you know for if Matthew knew that his dad always played the Italian game or or always played the French defense, that's definitely a good place to start. You, that Matthew would need to study that opening so that he wouldn't make any blunders in the opening. So he could get he could get out of the opening with a good position and 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 knowing what's going on. And if we get to the if we get to the middle game in an even position, knowing what's going on, then it's so much at that point, de depending on the level of these players, so much about tactics. So what I would do, other than study the opening of what of what the game is usually, or just knowing your opening well and being prepared for the opening, is tactics, tactics, tactics. Go on a chess website. There's lots of great ones to choose from nowadays and do the puzzles. They call them tactics or puzzles and just do dozens of them Maybe I would, if, if this was a real goal, a real serious goal, I would set aside 10, 10 to 20 minutes a day and say, I'm going to do my puzzles for the day. And that vision, that tactical vision will come in, will nine times out of 10, depending on what level these players are, it's all going to come down to tactics. It's going to be one moment in the game where, where someone walks into a fork or or you do, you don't miss your chance to win a free piece. It's almost always about tactics. Okay, so your answer is to to pump dad full of Hemingway daiquiris. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So study your tactics and spike the drink. 
like the joke about it. <laughs> well, this was great. Thank you so much, Ryan. Uh, chess is something that I've always been mediocre at and didn't have a good understanding of. I maybe I have a new appreciation. I think this might be something to to teach the kids. So. Oh, and last question: What's the best response to an E4 opening? Oh, C5. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!